yeah Come and find you in the compass with a jersey girl She just tryna help you find a little peace in the world Transparency in everything she wrote And that's why she hopes you enjoy the show This episode is sponsored by The Bridge to Recovery, a nonprofit program on 115 acres near Bowling Green, Kentucky, a tranquil place where they've been changing lives for over 40 years. Their people improve their quality of life by acknowledging past emotional wounds and healing from all forms of trauma. The CEO, Paul Hamlin, has been a friend of mine for 20 years. Call him directly at 858-945-7848. That's 858-945-7848, or you can learn more about The Bridge to Recovery by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting thebridgetorecovery.com. Thank you for listening to The Path to Authenticity. My name's Tom Gentry. I think of this show as the opposite of small talk. You'll hear real conversations with real people who know who they are. We talk about what makes them who they are, how they became who they are, and how we might become truer expressions of who we are. I'm Laura Weisman, and this is The Path to Authenticity. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tom Gentry. Welcome to the Path to Authenticity. Today is April 17th, 2020. As of right now, there are about two and a quarter million reported cases of COVID-19 worldwide and just under 700,000 in the United States. This episode features Laura Weissman, who is a author and a burgeoning TikTok celebrity. So I found Laura on Instagram earlier in the week. She was, she appeared in an episode of Tea with Gary V, which if you don't know about Gary V, you should check him out. Anyway, I just knew right away from that video, and I'll include a link to it in the show notes, that she was someone who I wanted to have on the show. So it was great. We we had quite a conversation, talked for a long time, and uh, we're definitely cut from the same cloth. And she was kind enough to respond immediately when I reached out to her asking her to be on the show, and we got it done in pretty short order. And I'm pretty happy with what came of it. So here you go, Laura Weisman. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, a couple days ago, I'm scrolling through Instagram. And I like Gary V. I I probably don't follow him as closely as a lot of people do. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm on his text message list, but I don't always read them. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, a friend of mine shared a video of his, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. And I'm an addictions counselor. That's what I do by day. Mm-hmm. So I work with a lot of young men. Right. And it was this video where he was talking about how all these parents complain about their millennial kids being spoiled. And, you know, he's going on and on about that. And basically what he's saying is, you did it. Like, it's your fault. You guys are the mm-hmm. ones who did it to them. Like, quit blaming them. You're the parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just liked, I like his point of view about things. I think he's really practical and, and he comes from a different angle than a lot of people. And, you know, he kind of takes a, if you don't know how loving he is, because he's a really loving dude. Mm-hmm. Very kind. I mean, he comes off as pretty rough, you know, he'll go straight right. at you. Mm-hmm. And so I see this video with you and him and man, I could relate so much to you because you know, when I went to start this podcast, man, it was hard to like be willing to be seen. Right. Yeah. You know, because You know, it's one thing to think about doing a podcast, but then when it comes time to like load the file and then an hour of your conversation is going to go out into the world forever Mm -hmm. and, and also like bearing my soul, like that was a pretty scary thing to do. Yeah, it is. And it was like exactly what you were going through. Right. Yeah. In that moment. And, uh, man, he just, uh, well, why don't you tell us about how that happened, how you ended and how many followers does he have some ridiculous number of followers, right? I mean, millions. Yeah. I I mean, he has millions. Yeah. Um, but I've been following him for about, I want to say maybe three years, three and a half years, maybe. And I've obviously I gravitated towards him because the way he speaks is very much the way I speak. And I knew the moment I heard him that he has to be from Jersey (laughs) or he has to at least be from this area. Right. Um, so, and that's just kind of how my family speaks too. And we're all very kind of blunt like that, but like deep, like underneath that layer is so much compassion and love. It's almost like, you know, that like tough, it's like a tough love thing, but it's like so motivating. So I just, it just resonates with me. Um, but I think within the last year and a half, I really took time to text him. Um, I'd say I've like, I've texted him so many times. Like, I feel like I was like harassing him at some point. Cause I was just like, I was like, I really want to get on his show. And then once, you know, this whole coronavirus thing started and he started doing tea with Gary V. I was like, oh, this is definitely going down. Cause I was like, I don't know. I just thought of it. I was like, everybody's home. Everybody's bored out of their minds. Um, and I just think it's a, like an easier time to kind of get your foot in the door because everybody's kind of like letting their guard down. Cause 
nobody's working and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was just, I was shocked when his team actually reached back out to me. So it was just like a very, very surreal, um, experience. I was actually supposed to be on the day before, mm-hmm. but, um, I was like sitting there and like, I guess the person before me or whatever, like went too long. So I got booted and I was like, no, I was like, huh? Like, am I going to get back on? So like I texted them back. I was like, Hey, I was supposed to be on yesterday. Can I come on tomorrow? And he was like, Oh yeah, sure. A promise is a promise. We'll get you on whatever day it is. So I'm glad that I reached back out to get back on. Wow. Yeah. And then now I'll, uh, do you have that video posted somewhere so I can, uh, put a link in my show notes for this episode so people can find mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So is it on YouTube or something like that in addition to Instagram? Um, wait, which video? The one that he, well, the video I saw was like 10 minutes of his podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. Which was probably an hour long. Yeah. But featured yeah. I mean, other I think- people besides you, right? Yeah, I have there's I have the video on YouTube where he just kind of did the segment of just me. Okay. So I have I have that, yeah. Okay. So I'll definitely want to link to that so people can see what we're talking about if they haven't seen it already. Mm-hmm. Um which I think and all, you've gotten a lot of followers out of this too, right? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in the video when you were doing like a live thing, I think I saw that you had like maybe 1800 followers and I checked last night and you had close to 17,000 followers. Yeah, no, I actually started out with like 1850 mm-hmm. and then it jumped to like almost, yeah, I think right now it's at like six, 16 something or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, when I spoke to him, it definitely doubled within like that five minutes, but now it's like nine times what I had. So it's, it was like this whole week has been such a wild week. Yeah. I've well, tell me about it. it. What else has happened as a result of um, it? Well, it's just, you know, at first it was like my phone just was like nonstop. So at first it, you know, I mean, who experiences something like that? It's like once in a lifetime almost. So at first it was amazing and then it started to get a little overwhelming because I was like, oh my God, I've like, I was like put like, I was trying to, because when it, before it wasn't so many people, I was trying to answer everyone because I wanted to try to answer all the comments and the DMs and then, you know, it it started getting to be like, I can't answer everyone. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been really cool. Um, it's cool that it's almost like, you know, I've been putting out content for so long and then now people are just seeing it. It's mm. like weird that I have to like, like people are just amazed by it. I'm like, I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> it's so, it's surreal that people are just like seeing like the message and what I'm actually trying to do. So it's just cool to be, I guess, put on the map. Yeah. So to to get some recognition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that begs the question, so what is it you're trying to do? So I want so my so this kind of started from to just give some context. So it started with my love for travel, which <clears throat> has is always going to be like my first love. 
Um, so I started with when I first went to Europe for the first time when I was like 16, 17 years old. And um, when I came back home and I was telling all my family and my friends all the stories, they were just like, oh, my God, like you should like write about it or something. Because I always journaled when I was traveling. So um, that's when I created Traveling Jersey Girl because I wanted to put it out there um, for the masses more or less to kind of, you know, inspire people to travel. And my whole thing was to travel because um, traveling for me really changed my life because I used to be such a shy person in, in high school. I was the quiet one. And traveling the world, it just really opened my eyes and my perspectives to, like, other cultures and other ways of life. And, you know, it just made me more, like, confident in myself and, um, you know, and then, you know, dealing with anxiety when I was a teen in my early 20s. Just traveling was just, it kind of checked me in a way. You know what I mean? So it was, like, not that... um like, my anxiety was, like, real for me, but when you travel, you get humbled very quickly. So, wherever you are, you're sometimes it's good to travel to some other country or whatever, because you can, um, it'll just remind you, like, you know what? Yeah, your situation is, is like, not good, but it could be so much worse, and it kind of gives mm. you a perspective. Yeah. I haven't traveled abroad really, but I've experienced that because I've had a lot of clients from mm -hmm. other parts of the world. And mm -hmm. when you get to know them and, and you see the way they view Americans in America and just mm -hmm. things like our, our portion sizes on our meals, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's quite an eye opener. And I feel like, um, the country would be a lot better off if everybody would go to another country. And I, I 100% agree. And I think in Europe, they, they almost, you know, they have their, they call it their holiday. They're going on holiday and mm -hmm. they do their gap years, yeah. which I wish that was implemented here because, if after high school, maybe you took a little gap year after high school before you went to college and you traveled for a little bit, it would just like make everyone, I think it would just like open everybody's eyes to so much. And it would just, you know, it would just make you like cultured a little bit and get yeah. out of your comfort zone and like, you know, and see what else is out there besides what's like on your block, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard and something that's come up in this podcast with different guests is, you know, in our culture, we're so formulaic about how we, uh, progress in life. Mm -hmm. Like you get out of high school, you go to college, you get out of college, you get a job after that, right. you get married, then you have a couple kids. And it's like, if you're it, the conventional wisdom Mm -hmm. unspoken wisdom is that if you don't follow that sequence oh. in a timely manner, then there must be something wrong with me. Right. Which is a total I, crock of shit. I, I agree. 100%. Yeah. I've always been, 
I've always kind of been a rebel in a in a sense against the, in, against like societal rules. I don't believe in them at all. I don't think there's not there's not one cookie cutter way of doing things. And I don't believe you have to like have the whole nine, the white picket fence, the whole thing like that. And you know, I I went to I graduated high school and I I did go to college and then you know. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I wanted to take a break where when I was graduating college, people were like, no, you have to go to to get your master's. That's just the, you can't take a break. I'm like, why the, why the hell not? Can I not take a break? Like I went through high school and college, graduated both. Like I think I deserve a break and I think everybody should, it doesn't, there's no like, you know, concrete timeline of things. Yeah, I we think. put a lot of pressure on ourselves and on young people in our culture that way. Mm-hmm. When it's really yeah. not that important. No, no. But when you're younger, it does feel like it is. Mm-hmm. And I see why and I see why the anxiety is there when you're in your teens and your early 20s. Um, I didn't believe it, but my sister, she's She's a bit older than me, but when I was going through all this like social pressures and school pressures and all these all these types of things, she's like, "I'm telling you, your twenties suck sometimes. She's like these are like the worst years." And she's like, "Once you're out of school, I'm telling you, it's so much better." And she's like, "It's just it's just these crazy times of like high school and college. It's just this is a crazy time for everyone." Yeah, it really is. And you know, a lot of people. Um, don't get through it all that well, you know, and one of the expressions that I hear a lot that, I mean, I even use use it occasionally, but I really don't like it is, um, failure to launch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, if you really break that down, I mean, I don't like it because it's judgmental toward the young person. Like they're Mm -hmm. doing something wrong. But if you really take that analogy, Uh I mean, you, 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 did you watch, um, Apollo 13? Did you, you remember that movie? There was a whole freaking control room of people. Mm -hmm. It, it took a whole group of people to launch that rocket and to get it back. You know, it's, it's, it's not the rocket's fault when it doesn't launch. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, we I I feel like we can do so much better with nurturing young people and supporting them, and that's you know one of the things that I'm really passionate about is you know helping young guys make that transition into manhood, which we're really mm-hmm. bad at. You know, we're, right? We're I, yeah, so bad. At it. Yeah, it's not ta- it's not talked about. It's you know with our American macho culture with men is. Um, I think it's detrimental to a, to a, to a degree um, for for boys and men who are growing up because it's like there's absolutely you know, no question. I mean, there yeah. there isn't. I mean, and it's and one of the things I love about Gary V. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing soft about him at okay. all, mm-hmm. but he talks about his feelings, right? And if he needed to cry, he'd cry, 
right. And he yeah. wouldn't be afraid to do it the way you did it on Instagram earlier, right? Right. He yeah, would yeah. do it. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, the truth is when you've been through some stuff in life, you know, it takes courage to do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to be very comfortable in, in that aspect. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up in a household with my dad and my brother and I was um, always around boys because my brother was always in sports. So I kind of grew up in a sense where it's like, ah, you got to suck it up or, you know, right. you know, it's, it's that type of thing. But as the years went on, I realized like, no, you know what? I'm very sensitive. I cry when I need to. I cry at a freaking commercial. Like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I think it's, I think it takes true, uh, strength to actually be emotional and to showcase that, you know what? Like, that's just who you are. And that's, that's totally okay. Well, you and know? if you're not experiencing it, you're kind of being fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're pretending not to feel, which is what it boils down to, that's what we desensitize ourselves and we pretend we're not upset and we, you know, and we, mm-hmm. and that's not functional. I mean, right. it always has to come out somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that, um, I think a lot of us tend to be on this autopilot type thing where I think some people are not even conscious of it and no. they're not aware of it. And I think, you know, with, with my content and like my book and just like who I've become, I mean, I started my blog when I was 18 years old. Now I'm 30. I mean, 18 year old me versus 30 year old me is completely a different person. Right. You know? So I think, you know, my message is mostly just to, be who you are, like unapolog- un- unapologetically who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, like who gives a shit? Like what somebody says, like what Gary V has always said, you know, like, like to like kind of close your ears just to like, to people. And it, I know, and I get, and I get it that it's so hard for people to shut that out because I know people, you know, opinions matter so much to them. Mm. But, I think it just comes, I think it comes with time and it comes with a practice and just becoming super comfortable and confident in who you are. Cause once you're, if you're confident and you know who you are, those like voices you hear on the sidelines or whatever, that wouldn't, it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's really what this podcast is about, which is mm-hmm. why I wanted to talk to you because I mean, I know that, and this, actually, this doing this thing is, like, part of my own path to authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and going through that fear of, oh, my God, I'm bearing my soul to the whole world right. in audio. <laughs> you know? I mean, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But um, I'm happier than I've ever been, you know, yeah. because I'm being yeah. who I am. And, yeah. and I'm better at everything that I do because of that, you know, I mean, I'm doing yeah. the things I'm supposed to do. And, and I, I think that's how it works. I think when we do what we're supposed to do, the world's better for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, um, you know, it was, 
I mean, I was, you know, nervous to, I mean, I always wanted to write a book, you know, so this was, I think it took me four and a half years to actually write it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, you know, it was scary to put it out there. I'm like, I'm, I'm, that is, that book is like my child because I'm really bearing my soul with that one there's things I talk about that are uncomfortable there's like stories that I'm like you know is so and so going to figure out that I'm talking about them you know I mean I change details and names but it's just like you know it's it's scary to just put yourself out there like oh what are people going to say about me or whatever but I at the same time which I think is what people need to realize that no one's perfect, and I think it's okay to have those thoughts. The, the difference is is to not allow those thoughts to, like, completely overtake and overcome who you are. Right. To, like, stop you from doing it. Like, I'll, I'll have those thoughts where it's like, ah, shit, I don't know. But then I'm like, nah, I'm still going to do it anyway, despite those, right. like, you know, those thoughts. And um, so it's... You know, I understand even with your podcast and just putting yourself out there, it's it's, it's a scary feeling to just bear it all. But yeah. It's also, but at the same time, it's also very freeing. Yeah. You know, I had a uh, an example of it yesterday um, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because um, I I've done a lot of writing myself, and coming from uh, more of a journalism sort of training, um, Mm -hmm. in, in high school and college. Um, I really scoffed at Facebook for a long time. I was not one of the people who jumped on the Facebook bandwagon really early. It took me a while, Mm -hmm. but one of the things I, that happened for me probably six or eight years ago now, I realized that you know, I would go on Facebook and like I lost a sister in 2015. I wrote about that. And a, a friend of mine's dad died at six or eight months ago. And I wrote about him and I shared stuff about my life. And, and mm-hmm. one day I'm like, holy shit, I've been making fun of Facebook all this time. Mm-hmm. And I totally found my voice mm-hmm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's like I figured out what kind of writer I really am on Facebook. Right, yeah. But yeah. anyway, I posted something political yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I try not to do it too much, but I, you know, I have strong feelings about what's going on in the world and right. And I don't like being lied to and uh and I don't like people ignoring the fact that we're constantly being lied to. Um and you know, I, I knew like, if I post this, like, this is going to be a lightning rod thing. Like people are going to come at me Yeah, and they did and they did. And, um, you know, there was one that mattered, you know, like a, my sister, like, mm-hmm. um, came at me with, uh, and she wasn't attacking me or anything, but like, she was more offended by some of the other comments people made in response, but also like, I asserted myself. Yeah. I spoke my truth. Right. And I didn't back down to anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like, man, that feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
I think in the past when I used to write about certain things that would kind of spark that emotional um, reaction, I used to cower down when I used to have reactions back. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. ah, shit, you know what? Maybe I should just delete it. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then then I would think about it later. I'm like, fuck, like, why did I do that? Like, why did I allow one person or two people or whatever to, like, take my entire piece down, you know? And you can't, you can't, like, you know, you can't, uh, everybody's not going to like your stuff. Yeah. And that's just, and that's just the honest truth of the game that you can't seek everyone's approval. And, um, I actually wrote a a piece that, um, on Elephant Journal, because, uh, you know, I actually used to work in mental health, too, for a very brief period of time. Um, so, you know, and I was seeing a lot of things on Facebook with when this whole Me Too movement was moving in, and everybody kept using the trigger warning. And I actually wrote a piece of how we need to stop using that. And, whew, did that cause, mm. like a whirlwind of people being like, I can't believe you would say something like that. But, but then, but then on the other toke, on the other side of the coin, people were like, I 100% agree because I just feel like it almost, you know, I just think of it as why is it my responsibility to say trigger warning mm-hmm. for you when it's like, it's your own wound it's your own mm-hmm. inner work that you have to work on like i have to walk on eggshells and you might as well just live in a bubble you know what i mean yeah so and i had one lady that really like ripped my head off and then you know i really sat with it and i i was like in my mind i was like i'm not deleting this one I'm not doing it i was like i'm going to keep it up but i just realized she you know, experienced, you know, a sexual assault, which I have too, which I talk about in my book, but it's different for me. And she, and I, what I realized was talking with her, she's so angry and she hasn't dealt with it yet. Mm. And I'm like, I get why she's coming at me. Totally get right. it. It's not about you. Know, you. Like I, yeah. And I was like, I wasn't mad at her in any sense. I was like, but guess what? I, this is not like, Hey, I did the work. You didn't. But at the same time, it's like, you still have wounds to heal. And I'm not saying that in a, like, inferior sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're coming from a place of compassion. Yeah, it's just like, I feel sorry for you that you're still hurting. But, like, I just feel like, you know, so that's why, that's, it just comes down to, um, uh, you know, I just wasn't going to delete that piece this time. And I'm really glad that I didn't. Because um, Elephant Journal actually picked it to being like, um, to be edited, to be put on their, um, like on their editor page or like Mm -hmm. their front page or something like that. So I was happy that, you know, I didn't delete it and uh, just kind of, just kind of gave me more confidence to just put my stuff out there and just be, and just accept that, you know. Well, the beauty in that to me is that you wrote something controversial Mm -hmm. just being real. 
Yeah. And being who you are. And there's so much out there where they're just writing controversial stuff just to get clicks. Oh yeah. You know, it constantly Mm -hmm. happens. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it makes me want to throw up. There's parts, part, some things about the internet. I don't really love, you know, I mean, uh, but, um, have you, have you read Brene Brown? I, I know of her. I haven't read any of her books, but I've watched, um, a couple of her Ted talks. Did you see the Netflix special? I have not. It's in my queue. You should watch (laughs) it. You should watch it. Yeah. Cause it relates to what you're talking about. Yeah. Cause she went through all that, you know, and mm-hmm. really it's what has sprung mm-hmm. her into all the work that she's done and who she has become. Yeah. Cause that first yeah, Ted I, talk like really took off and people, you know, right. Yeah. Came after her, you know? Yeah. I just think, um, I just, yeah, I, I, I just, it just really comes down to like being vulnerable and like, I think, you know, I know she talks about vulnerability a lot and how, you know, that can be like a real strength for people. And yeah. I think it, and I think it allows us to realize like, Hey, you know, so-and-so is dealing with the same thing. You know, maybe we're all not so different after all, which is, kind of how like full circle why I love traveling so much because I can be in a in the jungles of Costa Rica and have a conversation and and have a similarity where I'm like holy shit like we're like the same person like you know what I mean and I just like when I I I've I wrote in my book too that I have that there's some times that when I was traveling that I've had the most deepest life conversations with complete strangers mm-hmm. than I've ever had with people who I've known for over 10 years back home. And I can't pinpoint what that is or why, but it just, I think that's what I fell in love with, honestly. Mm-hmm with just meeting other people and just realizing like we're not so different. Well, to me, like that's how I know you're my people. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the, you know, the people that can't happen with, it's not that, you know, I don't have anything against them or, but we just don't connect on the same level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like one of the things I, one of the ways I describe this podcast is the opposite of small talk, you know? Mm-hmm. I fucking hate small talk. Like I, you know, I don't, I want to have a real conversation mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll sit with a stranger like doing this podcast for an hour and a half, two hours and talk about life mm-hmm. before I'll like stand in a crowd of people I don't know and talk about mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And I think the reason why is because, you know, as human beings, we're starved for connection. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the, one of the most important things in life is to connect with other people and the depth of the connection. I'm just more about deep connections than I am about superficial connections. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I want, uh, and meaning is really important to me too. You know, I like to, um, I like to have a conversation with somebody and feel like we bonded and we have some kind of connection that maybe they don't have with anybody else, you know? It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it just allows for the connection that we all, like you said, that we all desperately seek out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's authentic. It's real. Like you think about that conversation that you had with Gary V. I mean, there was, was, there was no bullshit in any of that. No, no. That was like the real, like I was, and I think, you know, because of how he speaks, like, I, it, you know, I was very nervous, like, waiting, like, before I got on, and I was like, like, what do I say to him, like, whatever, but he was so easy to talk to, mm-hmm. so easy to talk to, and you can tell that he's very genuine, you can tell that, like, I just like that he shoots it straight to you. Right. I appreciate that, and that call to me was not what I expected at all. Like I would have never thought, Oh, I'm going to talk to Gary V and talk about video content. Like right. not, that was not, I had like questions and like bullet points on a notepad of what I wanted to talk to him about. Cause I, and I had no idea like it was going to go that way, mm-hmm. but, but I it went the way it, it needed to go probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, which I appreciate and am so open to. Which that's why I just thought, and you know it's so funny because I've always said to like my husband or to like my family when I talk about Gary Vee because they would be like, they're like you you like uh, they're like you watch him too much. What do you talk about him too much? I'm like he's awesome, and I was like, and he just <laughs> like speaks my language and whatnot. So, um, you know, so it was just so cool to like you know, to speak to him and, and, you know, you know, one of the things that he, he has a gift, um, and I hadn't even really thought about it until now that we're talking about it, but you know, like I'm a trained counselor and I think I, I'm able to connect with people and, and I tend to have conversations where people will open up to me. Um, when they might not open up to somebody else at all. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I've kidded around. I'm the guy at the party who is off in the corner with the one guy in the room in the midst of an existential crisis. Who's telling me, you know, I mean, <laughs> while everybody else mm-hmm. is having a good time, that's, and not that it's not a good time. That's, that's part of who I am, but that's, you know, the guy who needs to talk ends up talking to me. But mm-hmm. he is so disarming. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's strong and direct and mm-hmm. powerful, but you mm-hmm. also know it's okay to talk to him. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. it comes off immediately and and that's a gift. Like he he gets straight to the heart of stuff with people. Yeah, and I think, you know, with my own group of friends and family, I come off the same way that he does. I can come off as like a tough love person, but there's deep compassion and empathy underneath. Yeah. Like I, I actually care a lot, but I think sometimes people 
need that little kick in the ass. Mm -hmm. And like, like, I think some people, some people, maybe not, but I think. Well, the thing is though, with some people, most Mm -hmm. people who are, you know, when you're giving them that kick of the ass in the ass, Mm -hmm. like you have to build trust with them first before that will work. But he doesn't have to do that because, you know, part of it is he has credibility from the get because people are paying attention to him. But also he's got, he's, he's, um, he's friendly and safe, you know? Yeah. But I think also, yeah, because he also has been building his brand for so long. So it's like, if Gary Vee's telling you, don't fucking do that, you know, it's like, it's not, right. it's not, you know, it's not going to come off as a, uh, it's not an attack. Yeah. It's not yeah, it's, attack. yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the TikTok stuff because I've yeah. listened to him with this TikTok thing. Yeah. He's obsessed with it. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well I could see where I, I believe him. I believe that it's going to be huge or is huge. And like it, it, it might benefit me to like start using that platform, but, Mm-mm. but what the fuck am I going to do on TikTok? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I know, cause I listen to his podcast a lot. So I, I know that he has been talking about TikTok for a long time. And then, but prior to that, he was also talking about LinkedIn a lot. So right. I've heard that too. So, Within the last year, I was kind of putting off TikTok. Like, it was in the back of my head. I was like, maybe I should, like, dabble in it. And I was like, no. I was like, it's for kids. It's, like, dancing shit. I was like, what the hell am I going to do on there? So, but LinkedIn is no joke. LinkedIn is where it's at. I actually really enjoy LinkedIn now. And uh, the reach on there is crazy. And it's great to network with people. And, like, I can literally connect with somebody who, like, is... I don't know, like, who's, like, a top senior editor for, like, you know, whatever book publishing company Mm -hmm. or something, I can send them a connection, you know? It's just crazy that I never in a million years would you ever connect with someone like that or in that position, Mm -hmm. you know? So LinkedIn is just really cool in that aspect, and you never know who you meet or who knows who. Um, So, um, but for TikTok... um, he he said just kind of scroll through it for a few hours and see what you can find and you you'll start to notice the trends mm-hmm. you will and you know I was looking up like anxiety hashtags and like seeing what the kids are doing and there's like other like I guess air quote like famous kid who is like doing anxiety videos and seeing how they do it because they're not necessarily doing dances mm-hmm. so. I've kind of been doing that and like looking at people who are doing books and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just honestly just scrolling through it, finding your little niche, I guess, and Mm. then figuring out, you know, how to do it for yourself. Cause you know, as a writer or an artist or whoever you're creative, so you'll figure it out what will work for you. So, and it's fun, but, it's a lot of work. I was telling my stepdaughter, she's kind of like TikTok famous on there. And I was like, now I see why you're on this shit all day. This is like a lot of work. Like, like the videos sometimes, like, cause like the editing and like putting sounds on and like little effects, like right. it's kind of, it kind of takes a while. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, um, and that's part of why I've not really tried it yet. And it's mm -hmm. funny you mentioned LinkedIn because I've been on LinkedIn since the the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's where Mm -hmm. I'm most well-connected of any platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't use it that much. I really don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've been starting to with this podcast. Um, and I get, you know, whenever I, I, I post a link to each episode and, and it always gets a little bit of traffic. But yeah. um, Facebook is what has, you know, been the best for me as far as mm-hmm. that goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean. And uh, honestly, I have to thank you because just since you put out there that you were going to be on this podcast, I've gotten a bunch of followers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like probably 50 in the last that's 24 cool. hours. It is cool. Yeah, but that, that's really cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this is, uh, it's interesting, you know, um, it's like the promotion of this stuff can be a full-time job in and of itself. Oh, 100%. You know, I mean, I used to work full-time um, prior to all this, but, you know, I've always kind of worked full-time, but I always did this stuff on the side. And um, there'd be times where I'd be like, this is so exhausting, you know? And then, like, you know, my husband would be like, well, this is what you enjoy doing. I'm like, yeah, but, like, you don't realize I'm doing like a 15 person job, like, <laughs> you know, between like editing and, and social media and like all these things, like it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like it can be exhausting sometimes. I mean, I, I truly enjoy doing it, but I also like, I'm very big on, um, not burning out oh, yeah. and doing, you know, cause it's, that's huge for me. And I think, you know, coming with you know the following that I had and now jumping to this there's just like there's such there's a little slight tone of like oh she has to make all these videos she has to do this and that and there and there's suggestions here and suggestions there and I appreciate the suggestions but I'm like listen I can't do this to the point where I burn out Right. Because I have to make three videos a day or two or three videos a day because Gary V says so. And I have been doing it. But like I just said to my husband before I got on this call, I was like, you know what? I think I have to kind of set a schedule for myself because otherwise I'm going to like, it's just going to be too much. Mm -hmm. And I just have to know that for myself and be like, listen, if you're not cool with that, then that's it. If you're down with it, then you'll stick with me. Well, that's what people do too. That's what successful people, healthy people do. They create boundaries for themselves. Yeah. You have to, you have to, Mm -hmm. otherwise this overtakes your world. And like, you know, it's like prior to social media or whatever it is. I'm like, I'm still a human being. I still have a personal life. I still have me time where I don't want to have to like worry about like, Oh, I got to get this content out. Right. I want some moments where it's like, hey, you know what? If I want to binge a show for the weekend, let me binge a damn show. Right. right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think there has to be a balance. I think when you have too much on the left versus the right and not and you're not in this like middle ground, mm-hmm. that is like dangerous territory, I think. You know, I think there has to be a balance for things. Yeah, I do think, you know, when also the when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
it's harder to burn out. Yeah. And, and, Mm -hmm. but what you're talking about is all the support for what you really want to be doing, writing, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're Mm -hmm. talking about promoting the writing, but Mm -hmm. like this, I, and I, I also have to stop myself from sitting at my laptop with this podcast because I really do like it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll work all the time if I don't, Stop myself. I think that's how I was all week, honestly. Mm -hmm. And like today, I'm starting to feel like a slump. Like I'm starting to hit a wall. And I was like, because I do enjoy and I do, I do enjoy interacting with everyone. And, you know, but I'm like, like I thought of it yesterday. I'm like, I have to get my second book done. Like I actually right. like I have to really like edit and finish it so I can get that going because that's right. a whole another process on itself. Hopefully it's a lot easier this time because I've been through it already. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it's just crazy. But I think um, boundaries and stuff like that is vital. Well, and the know? one that I really feel like I need to implement for myself is just with my phone. Mm-hmm. Because it's inherently addictive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they've created all these apps. Mm-hmm. And it's especially with Instagram, I can just get so lost in it. I know, me too. And I have like, I have three accounts mm-hmm. that I'm flipping between. You know, I have my personal account, I have the podcast account, and then I have one for mm-hmm. my dog. Mm-hmm. Like,. <laughs> And he's kind of my alter ego and he's, you know, mm-hmm. comes off like a tough guy, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Facebook, you know, I'm trying to post this stuff across different platforms. Um, and the next thing you know, the day's gone and I've spent hours and hours on the phone. And so if I can just like establish a routine of, I'm going to check the apps at this time, this time, and this time. Mm-hmm. And like I have friends who they don't touch their phone for the first hour of their day or I need I, to do some, something like that. Yeah. I mean, actually what I started doing this week with all the craziness, I actually started because I, for my routine, like I really, I'm more of a morning person. So I really enjoy my mornings. So for me, I have to work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I kind of made it in my head, okay, I'll work from 1 to 9. So my morning, I can relax. I can make my tea. I can work out. I can hang out for a little bit. And then once, like, 1 o'clock rolls around, then it's, like, go time. Then I'm working. Then I'm doing social media and videos and whatever. And then, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to go to 9 o'clock, but I try to make it where it's, like, almost like a full work day. Mm. Um, but I kind of like that breakup better. So, cause just the morning is very important to me. Yeah. And you know, overall what I've tried to do is just have, well, and it's happened as I've gotten older too, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. uh, my life and the jobs that I have, they haven't been about, okay, you have a nine to five shift and then it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had jobs where I've had to travel and mm-hmm. entertain and, and it's just like, and go to conferences and, you know, some days you don't do anything and some days you work from, uh, 7am to 11pm. And mm-hmm. so what I've learned to do is just try to keep a steady sort of um 
relaxed, consistent pace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and never like get too freaked out about anything. You know, I'm never in a pinch. I try to right. never be in a pinch. And then for the most part, I try to set Sunday aside so that, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, it's just knowing that there's something I have to get done. Yeah. And really at this point for me, it's this podcast more than anything else that, that, Mm -hmm. that I, I self-impose pressure, you know, to have that. Cause I made up my mind, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be consistent about it. At the very least, I'm going to have an episode every week. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've, yeah, it's been a year. This is, it was, uh, May of 2019 when I launched it and. Nice. That's actually the same month. That's the same month I published my book. And then now your book is sold out because of all the scary V stuff. Well, I I don't want to say sold out to the point where like I had a thousand copies sitting in my house, but like I had, yeah, technically, technically I did, but I didn't right. have many copies to begin with. I originally was selling them throughout the year mm-hmm. and I had a few bunch left, but I did sell out of those. And then I just had to put in a new order um, for, uh, cause I have orders now white waiting, which is cool. Um, but I do have orders on Amazon, but I don't, cause Amazon's weird. So I think, I don't know exactly how many orders I have because I feel from what I remember when I spoke to them before that, so the numbers won't come in until the book ships out. So once the book ships, then the numbers go up. But like until then, like it looks like I don't I don't know the exact number yet. Mm-hmm. But I had like I've had people sending me their receipts and stuff like that, being like I bought it, I bought it. So I'm like, why is it only showing like six or eight or nine? But I know it's like way above that. You know what I mean? Yeah, until it's shipped, they don't count it. Sounds like yeah, which is which is weird. But I guess that's just how they do it. But um, it's. You know, to me, it's just like, you know, I've said it to my friends and family so many times. My goal is to not be famous. That has never been my goal. My goal is to, you know, get my message out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not looking to be a millionaire. Um, I'm not looking to have a million plus followers. If that happens, it's a bonus, you know, in my mind. Um I just really want to inspire people. And I think through my writing, I can do that. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I've, I mean, through my career, I've helped like one person at a time Mm -hmm. and groups of people. Like I do a Mm -hmm. men's group every week and I love doing that. I'm good at it. I've Mm -hmm. been doing it for a long time, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think the, the older we get and the better we get, like we have to find ways to help more people. And yeah. for me, writing now is, and this podcast, this podcast is another example of yeah. getting my message out and being able to help people. And, and what this is really about for me is I'm a, I, I was a kid who like grew up in an alcoholic family and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I got sober at 23 years old. Wow. And, uh, and so. I'm not 23 anymore, you know, mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. half my life at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what I learned over the years is 
the real uh, problem started because I was denying who I was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being true to myself. Mm-hmm. And the answer, when you strip everything down, whether it was therapy or 12 steps or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, underneath it all, it's really about me being myself. Yeah. Me being true to who I am and feeling good about it, you know? Yeah. And so, and now I think one of the things I know now that I couldn't understand then possibly is like, you know, my alcoholism was just the way that I dealt with my Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. and everybody has their own shit. I was just somebody who dealt with it by drinking, you know, right? and other people deal Mm -hmm. with it by kicking their dog or cheating Mm -hmm. on their wife or stealing or, you know, gambling or, but, but so the authenticity thing, that's, it's, uh, it's me going, going a lay a level higher because it is a bigger problem than just addiction. Addiction is mm-hmm. an expression of distress. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And, mm-hmm. and the answer is really to be connected to ourselves and to I love agree. ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's what, that's what this is really about is, you know, I want to talk to people who have done that, who have connected yeah. with themselves and are doing what yeah. they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. No, I mean, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, cause I feel like my anxiety was at its worst when I wasn't myself. Like I wasn't paying attention to, you know, like being authentic. Also. Right. And, um, I think, I think there was a, I think there was a lack of confidence also to be who, you know, just to be my true, like authentic self too, you know, um, you know, even as simple as like, you know, and I, I feel like even like Gary Vee probably doesn't get it as much because whatever, but, um, I feel like because I curse so much, people would be like, ah, you shouldn't be cursing so much. You're a woman. You should be a lady, you know, or you shouldn't curse in your writing. It's, it's not good. And I'm like, but that's who I am. That's how I talk. Like, that's just how I interact with people. I think it's real. I think people can resonate with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, that's just who I am, you know? And I think, um, you know, when I'm not listening to my body and I'm doing things where I can, because you can feel it. Yeah. When you're not, when you're going with against something that really like deep down in your gut, you know, you probably shouldn't mm-hmm. of like who you are, you can totally feel it. There's, like I actually can feel the stress and the slight anxiety like r- rise within like my body where I'm like, ugh, like I really shouldn't, like why am I doing that? You know, but, um, you know, shit happens. But I think once you, it's, I think once you become, mindful of that i think the key honestly is the self-awareness of it Mm, that's the hard part yeah 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 and for me like at this season in my life the way this is really showing up for me is the you know just i keep going back to this question what do i want Mm -hmm. what is it i really want Mm mm-hmm 
Because we convince ourselves that we want a lot of things. But it's not always what we want. <laughs> so what do I really want? And one of the reasons, like for me, I've 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 always known I have a book in me and mm-hmm. um but this podcast, it was gonna be a blog. I mean, I knew I wanted to do a podcast, but mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't know what I wanted it to be about and you know, one of the types of writing that I've liked to do and, and I feel like I've been good at is writing about people. And I like talking to creative people and learning about creative people. So I decided, okay, I, I, I have this blog. It's a lot of personal essays and stuff. I want to, but I need to have consistent content. So maybe what I'll do is I'll interview artists. So I started, I started, I did it. I I met with this lady two different times and recorded both interviews with my phone. And, um, and it was great. I had a really good time. And then I kept thinking, okay, I got to sit down and write that. And, uh, and that went on for several months. Then finally it hit me one day, you know what? I don't want to write about it. I want to talk about it. I enjoyed having the conversation with her and it clicked with me. That's what this podcast is going to be. That's really yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. And so now it's like, okay, how does that fit? Where's my writing going to fit? And mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I have a certain type of writing that I really like to do, but it's like, it doesn't just happen. I can't mm-hmm. force it. You know, I have to, now I can journal all the time, mm. but the type of stuff that I really like to put out there it's a little deeper and it's, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, but it's, it's like I have, I, it comes over me and I'll sit down and I'll write it and I'll be done, you know, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen all the time. So, yeah. So I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I have lots of ideas and concepts for books and stuff. I know it's mm-hmm. the other thing I've had to learn is, I beat myself up for a long time for not having written a book yet. Mm. And it hit me a couple years ago. Well, you know, the book you want to write now, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what I, I knew I was supposed to write, but I didn't know what I was supposed to write about. And I learned now like that, what I will, what I'm writing now, there's no way I could have written it at any other time of my life. I, I, I didn't have, what it takes to write it. I had to go through everything I've gone through and gather the experiences and, mm-hmm. and, um, gain this point of view that I have now. And, and yeah. I, I couldn't have done it at 25. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I want to, I want to help guys be men, learn how to be good men. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's, I'm looking at, at a book right now that I have that has sold millions of copies. And, um, I picked it up to see, okay, this is a guy who's written for men. And I mean, he's like 24 years old. And I go to read the first paragraph and it's like, this is nothing great. Like, this is not great <laughs> writing. I mean, it yeah. was, it sold millions of copies. I mean, he had a really good title. Yeah. Um, but, 
but I, I wouldn't have had that confidence 15 years ago to read something like that and think I can do better than that. Like I can do better than that. And now I know, but it's, it's a matter of not forcing it, being true to it and not Mm -hmm. forcing it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I, cause it took me four and a half years to write, but I remember when I was still writing it, but I, um, I was still like taking, cause I was living at home when I was living with my dad and then, you know, I had the, you know, I was working, I had, I was very lucky and I understand, you know, to not have many bills and I wasn't paying rent. So whatever I was working, I was saving up, you know? So, um, I would go on, like, I would want to get the books on. I was like, oh, I should get it out. I should get it out. But I'm like, no, like, I haven't, like. You know, now, now that I can look back at it, I'm like, no, but I didn't live chapter eight yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I'm like, no, it's not done yet. Like, I'm still, there's still much more to go. That's why, like, this one took such a long time to write, you know? And Tell me I, about I, your next book. So the next one is something I kind of created, you know, between my husband and my stepdaughter, she kind of was dealing with some anxiety issues in school. And um, I was talking to her a lot about it, you know, and just hearing her own story and then hearing like her friends that had dealt with it. And then, you know, my nephew and his friends. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, these kids like are bugging. I was like, they need something. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you know, and, and I know for myself, because I know when I was going through it, I didn't want to be told, oh, hey, just sit in your room and just meditate. Like, no right. kid wants to fucking meditate, no. you know? So I wanted to create something that they can resonate with that is not super clinical, but it has, like, really good clinical, like, things in it, mm-hmm. but not so much in a way where it's like, Hey, five ways to like eliminate your anxiety. Here's number right. one. It's not. It's not like that. It's an actual story. It's fictional, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I made it. And thank God for my stepdaughter because she, I would ask her. I'd be like, listen, like, is <laughs> like, is this cool to say? Or like, would you resonate with this story? Or like, w- or or like, tell me something like one of your friends or something. And I would like kind of mesh it you know, or, or change it a little bit, but she helped me a lot writing it. And my, my husband helped me a lot also. So it's really cool that I have their support and that they've helped me so much with it. And I just feel like kids need to have some type of like, I've said it in my other video on Instagram that I like the analogy of a toolbox. Mm-hmm. So, and so for me, it's, I feel like, um, if you don't have anything in your toolbox, you have nothing to go on when you're stressed out. Right. Like, what do you do? You freak out because you're like, oh, fuck, like, I'm feeling this feeling and I don't know what to do with it. But, like, if you have the necessary tools in your toolbox, it's not so scary. It's not right. so scary when that comes on. So, like, for me, when I was dealing with it, 
um, it was scary at first. And then once I started learning like coping skills and like, you know, different outlets that I could use that calm me down, then the anxiety, like it was like night and day for me. I mean, it took a lot. It took a long time and a lot of practice, but it was like night and day because then I was like, oh, okay, well, I know if I feel this coming on, I know I have like 15 things in my toolbox that I can use. Like if one of them doesn't work, then I can try this. So, you know, my first book is just more of like a personal spiritual journey, almost like slash memoir of like, you know, my own anxiety and trauma and, and, you know, in traveling the world and how, like, I've gained, like, a spiritual perspective from each place that I've been to, but I wanted to create something that kids can enjoy mm-hmm. and kids can understand because I, I don't think that, I mean, I've looked briefly and to me, there's nothing out there for them mm-hmm. with what I'm writing where it's not where it's something that they can understand and, and which that which speaks to them. Well, and that's, you know? I think that's, that's part of why I'm where I am with what I'm writing because, um, especially when it comes to men, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, just look on Instagram at the guys who are coaching and the, the people out there who are doing men's work, Mm-hmm. And the kind of things that they're saying, like you got to get in touch with your feminine side, you got to learn how to mm-hmm. love yourself, the mm-hmm. divine feminine and the divine masculine, like nine out of 10 American men don't want to hear oh, that I, shit. I, oh, oh, I know. I know. And so like, I'm a guy, I mean, I've had lots of therapy. I embrace yeah. it. I love it. And I'm fascinated yep, by it. Too. But mm-hmm. like. So, I, you know, you can come to me with the divine masculine stuff, divine feminine, all, you know, I'm open to that esoteric stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the blue collar town where I grew up, where there are men working on the assembly line or on a job site, oh, like, yeah. they don't want to yeah, hear that not, shit, yeah, but no. they need help. They still need help. And yeah. they need yeah. a message that will resonate with them. And people yeah. aren't paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. Which is where, yeah. like, what you did with kids, I want to mm-hmm. do for men. You should. Yeah, you should. Because I, I agree with you. I think that if you figure out a way to kind of speak their language where it's not so, like, spiritual woo-woo stuff that mm-hmm. people like to call it, that, and if it's something like, like, again, like, for what I'm trying to do with kids, if it's something that they can, like, grasp, where it's like, oh, yeah, well, I remember feeling like that. Or like, oh, that's something I can do without it being so, I don't know how to explain it. I guess the only way I keep explaining it is like it's not super clinical or it's not super mm-hmm. like, you know. It's not therapeutic. Like, it's practical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, still give, but it still gives that same message without being like, you feeling like you're reading a therapy book or you're feeling like you're in a therapy session, you know. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, and a big part of what I talk about in this podcast is just like being connected to our emotions. Like I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, I mean, if we're denying how we feel, we're denying, denying ourselves. And, and one of the things that really irks me is like this whole idea that, um, your emotional side is your feminine side. Mm 
Like, where the hell did that idea come from? Like, somebody just made that up and started saying it, and now we all say it, and we believe it's true. But the truth is, we all feel. Like, men and women might process their emotions differently. Women uh, probably culturally, well, are more in touch with them, and it's more Mm -hmm. acceptable for them to express a whole range of them. But it doesn't mean, I mean, I, we all still feel emotions. <laughs> like it's not right. a girly thing to feel. It's not. That's just a myth yeah. that I, we yeah, have I've taken never, on as a truth. I've actually never thought of it like that. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, I know it's not just um, a female thing, but to say it like that, where it's like, yeah, you know, men both men and women feel emotions and it's okay to feel emotions, especially for men, you know? Yeah. Well, here's, here's a key part that I think is really, really important in order to really connect with men when it, when it comes to this kind of stuff, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the, there's, there's a whole bunch of guys out there who are like screaming at the touchy feely guys, Mm -hmm. telling them what pussies they are. You know, there's all mm-hmm. that. Um, and bec- it's, it's all these guys, um, you know, the whole toxic masculinity thing. Mm-hmm. But really, if you really, I think if you really drill down on that, that's not real. Because they're not feeling, they're pretending not to feel. So they're not being real. And so to mm-hmm. me, like toxic masculinity, that it's not even really masculinity. It's, mm. it's false masculinity, but mm. it, cause there's nothing powerful about pretending, you know, no. but, but you know, those guys who will come at you and tell you like you're being a pussy, mm-hmm. I think our response to that needs to be, no, you're a fucking meathead. No. I'm not a pussy. You're a meathead. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really the truth, right? I, I mean, mean, I see it. Yeah, I mean, I see it almost as like a like a projection or like a fear coming from a fear based place because they're not comfortable. That's what it so, is. Like, that's exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, so what like, other reason do they have to not cry when they need to cry? They're afraid of being yeah. judged. They're afraid uh-huh. it means they're not a man. Well, that's all bullshit. Yeah. It's not yeah. like the the guys who I really respect. I mean, I can think of this story where, you know, there's a guy who's like a spiritual mentor of mine. And I had him with a group of guys out one night at a restaurant. And long story short, one of them mentioned his older male friend died. And my buddy Jimmy realized that it was a friend of his who he had had for many, many years who died recently and he didn't know it. Mm. This guy's like 65. I'm there. I'm like probably 38 at the time. And there are all these guys in their early twenties. And, and when he heard that, that his friend died, he put his forehead in his palm and he looked down and he stopped what he was doing and he sat there and he cried hmm. in front of all these young guys. Hmm. And I was like, yes, because mm-hmm. 
that was real. And he was showing, and, and these guys know he's a man, you know, like there's no, there's no doubting that this guy's masculine, but he, it was such a powerful example for these guys to, you know, and he, he was so directly in touch with what he felt that he responded in kind in the moment rather than because most of the time what we do as guys is like hold that shit in yeah you know and that it hurts us because we carry that stuff around we really do i mean and i mean you know if you've experienced trauma we carry it around in our bodies oh 100 percent yep and it's, it's, and it's, the thing is, it's gonna come out one way or the other, and we get to decide whether it's gonna be in a healthy way or not. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah. So I can go on talking about this shit forever. You know, I mean, this is what yeah. really gets me going. And, mm -hmm. but so yeah. before we wrap up, I got a couple questions for you. First of all, yeah. you love mm -hmm. to write. Who do you love to read? Who do I love to read? Um, hmm. Well, I have like two authors that immediately pop into my head. So I love um, Paulo Coelho's books, like the um, Alchemist guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually love, I think, I'm trying to think of his name, I just forgot, uh, Khaled Husseini, I think is his name. Um, he wrote The Kite Runner. I know that was one of his big ones, okay. but he writes, he wrote this other one, A Thousand Splendid Sons. That book, I, I think I read it in high school or something, or I found it when I was like young. That book literally took my breath away. Like I was crying by the end because I've never got so sucked into a book like that <laughs> ever. And I love authors like that. And I don't care what he writes. I will buy his book. I don't even care. Like, I bought... Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he takes a very long time to write books. Like, he takes a long break in between. And he writes a lot about, like, the Afghani culture. And mm -hmm. it's just such a beautiful way to see Afghani culture through his eyes versus what we hear in the media. Yeah. You know? And I love it. Because it's, 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 it's so heart-wrenching it's it's beautiful it's just i i love the way he writes it's just such a um such a great story have you ever read any cormac mccarthy mm -mm. the road no mm -mm. that's my favorite book he's a beautiful writer too yeah i really appreciate when it's just one of those books that you're just like one of those page turner ones where you're just like oh you're just Sucked in. Great. Yeah. Nothing like a book that really captures your attention. I know. It's it, great. It's hard for me to like really get sucked into a book. I, I don't read as much as I would like to. That's another thing that I want to be better mm -hmm. at and spend more time mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. So, well, you've obviously been through a lot in the last week and throughout your life. You have a you already, at a mm -hmm. pretty young age, have a pretty rich set of experiences, obviously. And so if you had to go back at a certain time in your life when the younger Laura needed 
some kind of support or words of advice? When would that be? And what, what would you say to her? Um, you know, I, it's, it's, I honestly, things will be okay and that things will turn out the way they should as they're meant to, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I was told that as a kid when I was going through a lot of things and I didn't believe it. So now looking back, it's just like things will, will be all right, you know? And, um, and even if they feel like, like you feel like you have the weight of the world on you and, you know, sometimes we're, we're dealt a bad hand, you know, but I think those are the moments and those are the times that are, it's making you into a stronger person. Mm-hmm. And if you can see that and try to like keep that in the back of your mind, like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to come out stronger by the, like out of this. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to go through those dark times, you know? Well, and this whole COVID-19 thing is a, is a, um, societal expression of that because Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't know what you've seen, but like in my work, we're, we're doing stuff we weren't doing before. Yeah. We're adapting and growing and, and, uh, the, the, one of the last episodes I did was with a guy who's a CEO at a, at a, facility where they treat trauma it's actually it's the sponsor of the show it's called the bridge to recovery and he's talking about the adaptations they've had to make in response mm-hmm. to this which have been extreme mm-hmm. but it's also giving them time to do stuff that they needed time to do for a long time and didn't when they didn't have yeah. it and mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's uh it's strengthening us not that I won't be glad when it's over because it's getting pretty old. Yeah. It really I, is. Yeah. yeah but, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you being so responsive and, and also doing this so quickly with me. And, uh, mm-hmm. I want, I want you to definitely come back yeah, before sure. the next book is, is ready to come out and we can, go deeper into that and see if we can help yeah. you get some copies sold and and yeah, uh, for sure. this has been great I'd love to have yes. you on anytime yes thank you so much you're welcome thanks for listening to the path to authenticity if you'd like to learn more about our guest you can find links in the show notes or visit our website at thepathtoauthenticity.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, if you have a suggestion for a topic, or you know someone who would make a great guest, email the show at thepathtoauthenticity at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you know someone else who would enjoy the show, or even just a particular episode, please share it with them. Every little bit helps. If you're not already a subscriber, please consider becoming one wherever it is you choose to listen. You can find the show on Patreon, where by becoming a patron, you can hear episodes before they're released publicly. You can gain access to supplemental content. There are other benefits in the various tiers. Visit patreon.com slash the path to authenticity. 
Join our Facebook community or follow the show on Instagram, both at The Path to Authenticity. We also have a YouTube channel. You can connect with us on Twitter or Pinterest. To hear the songs from this and every episode, you can find the Path to Authenticity playlist on Spotify. Obviously, there are a lot of ways you could be spending your time, so I appreciate you spending some of it here with me. I'm Tom Gentry. Thanks for listening. Be nice. Authenticity is powered by Equivox. For digital marketing and web design services, visit Equivox.com.